everybody, welcome to Yeti Boxing Video Game Podcast, starring me, Devin Proudfoot. I'm your host, Devin Proudfoot, and with me we've got your other host, Mike, Big Mike Ward. Nope, nope. Uh, let's uh, let's take it from the top, then, because... Uh... <laughs> um... Wait, no, 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 this is, this is real, we're going. Oh, God, going. okay. Hi, guys, I am Micah, um, and I am the other host of this show here. Um... We we both like video games. We both play video games a lot, so we figured we'd give our kind of two cents about specific games. Um, yeah, the thing I, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, the thing fine. I've noticed with like podcasts and these um, Apple computers is that not a whole lot of people have podcasts, and not a lot of people are getting their opinions out there. It's just like the Fox News is of the world, and I'm right. tired of Fox Fox Video Game Weekly podcasts. And I, yeah, I do hate to get political here, but yeah, um, it's almost like uh, I, I feel like not a lot enough people are giving their opinions on the internet. It's just like there's a big shortage of that. So I think it's really important that we're like kind of the first to really do this whole video game podcast thing. I think it's kind of important to put that out there and let the people know. And I I do want to reiterate that we do not um, we don't really want to get political. We're going to stay out of that. But I did have uh, a joke. That I uh, had, I've been stewing on. Yeah, I'd love for you to share. Uh, that. So, so if the if the minimum wage goes up, uh, McDonald's next um, commercial might sound something like this: "Ooh, let me get a Mick pick one." <laughs> so, sorry, was that the joke or was that? Yeah. Did you spend a lot of time on that? Was that something? That uh, I, I mean, it, it just came to me, and yeah, well, I and I've just been like trying it out around the house. I just doubt that you said you spent a lot of time coming up with it, right? Um, so. <laughs> would you count a lot of time to be like over twenty four hours, like elapsed time, or like you came up with it over a day? Just like thinking it over, like stewing it over. Yeah, no, that's not a lot. That's barely any. That's pretty much impromptu. So uh, let's let's get down to this. The game that we're going to be talking about today is the Crash Insane Trilogy. Uh, just came out, I think it was two weeks ago, for the PS4. Um, it includes the three uh, original Crash games, um, and they're all remastered. Uh, no old code was used, is what they said, so it's all completely new all completely remastered um and this was sold for about 40 bucks we both picked it up for 40 bucks i believe they had said something about or maybe i had heard this through the grapevine down the road that potentially xbox and pc but i think for the time being it's a an exclusive okay yeah because well naughty dog's name is not on this game right i actually don't no. I don't think it is. And I think Naughty Dog is exclusively PlayStation right now. Yes, but, yes. Um, so maybe there is potential in that regard, because I noticed that there's not, no mention of Naughty Dog. But um, I, th- I think the, from what I remember, is both Crash and Spyro were um, published by Universal. Yes, that's true. And so they kept... Activision kept the um, the license to Crash and Spyro after Naughty Dog and Insomniac decided to move on, and right. so I think that's the same case here. Okay, yeah. Where yeah. Activision, and I'm sure Sony, Sony looking to 
to add on to Uncharted with that crash level in it. Kind of right. play off that. That's true, yes. But um, that was not the remaster. That was just a normal level. Yes, um, correct. But yeah, so I think the main thing we need to address first before we start talking about the game is that... That I mean, elephant in the room. There's... Let's just get it out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I've held back long enough. It's time to just say it. Um, yeah, let's just rip into it. I'm, I'm going to give my hot take on this. Uh, okay. I hear, especially on Reddit, um, a lot of people complaining that there's not enough 3D platformers on um, the PS4. Um, a lot of people like that. You know, Ukulele just came out to mix critical reviews. but Trash. Um, yeah, well, we could talk about that different episode once I've actually played it. Um, but I I think that this is a good move for Sony and Vicarious uh, Visions because the selection pool is not that big. So, like, if you really have an itch for a 3D platformer, you might pick this up instead of unless there were, like, if there were better options or other options. You know what I mean? You really hyped that up, that opinion. I mean, that's not even an opinion. That was just, like... Like a statement. Yeah, it's definitely a hot take. I didn't want to offend anybody, so I needed to preface it a little bit in that regard. But what do you 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 played the original Crash games, right? A lot yes, I played them when they came out. Actually, I think Crash One was one of the first games that I had ever bought. Okay. Um, and I I wasn't. I really enjoyed the original series. I wasn't in love with it. Like the Spyro trilogy, that was really, um, really the game series that I grew up on. But Crash was very good. Um, And I think for the most part, just initially, my initial thoughts were it's it's a very good remaster. Is is remaster the the correct term? I... I want to say it's a remake, but it might be remastered. Remake. I don't, I don't know what the what the difference or we don't. You know, I, I have no idea, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I think it's very good. Um, there's a few quirks that I realized, and I'm not sure. I've I've gone back and played the original on my PS3 within the past year or two, and I noticed the same thing, but. I think it playing through these start to finish and I have I finished the second one in the in the insane trilogy and the third one and I'm still working through the first one. Right. I think that's the common thing is people are really having a difficult time with the first one. But before we And let's to- just let's just get this out there. Yeah. This is the dark souls of 3D platformers, and, and I'm, I'm the only one that's brave enough to say it. I'm so glad you did, because I did not have the courage. Yes, this is, and Bandai Namco has come out and actually endorsed this as, like, we haven't made a platformer. We didn't make a 3D platformer, but if we did, it would be this. That's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what Namco himself is saying. Oh, yeah, they just they just released um, Crash Bandicoot skins for Bloodborne. I heard that and um, um, new, new wife that you can get in the game. It's Crash. Do you mind if I say something a little bit raunchy here? Uh, it depends. Let's try and keep this PG, All but right. go for it. The game hard, <laughs> and I I know it's an unpopular opinion, but the game hard. I mean, <laughs> it's no. 
Oh, come on. Come on. Let's... Oh. I know, but before we talk about the games, I just there's something that's really bothered me every time I start this game up, and I think I, I think you know what I'm going to say. The first time I started it up, you get the thing, and it's like Activision presents a crash from the past or whatever, and then it's oh, like yeah, it's that long. stupid animation. It takes, I mean, for those of you out there who haven't seen this animation, it's probably a good 30 to 45 seconds. Um... And I was doing, like, I was looking up some stuff about it, and people are saying that that was a, like, hidden loading screen that they really needed to be there. Um, oh. And that's, honestly, I think that's true, because the loading times in this game, for the most part, are atrocious. I mean, that's... I, I wouldn't call them atrocious. They are bad. For and, a, and... a game this generation, I mean, it's not like it's a really complex open-world game. They're, like, tiny little That's levels, true. You know? That's true. And... The other thing about it is um, I almost think it is just as long or even longer than the original because the original loaded sections of the level and that's how it could do so much. But um, this one loads the entire levels from what I understand from the technical perspective. So it doesn't use that same like we only load what you can see on the screen technology from the original game that made it so cutting edge. That that sounds like it makes a lot more sense. It is weird to me that you said that hidden loading screen at the beginning, the the animation, the Activision animation. Yeah. It's weird that after that there's a another loading screen straight up crash insane trilogy loading. And then just to show the the three games to select the games, there's another yeah. loading screen. And even that was, when you go into some bonus levels, there's a loading screen. And those things are tiny. You know, I mean, I don't know much about the technical aspect. And I understand games are very difficult to make. You know, I'm not trying to, like, fault them. But I'm just saying there has to be a way that that could be streamlined. Maybe in a future patch or something. I don't know. But I know Bloodborne initially had very long load times. And they're still fairly long. But that was patched to um, make it a little, a little bit better. That's good. So I think... Hopefully that can be done. I have haven't had issues with that. I haven't quit because of long load times, but yeah, I do get annoyed. Right, and I will say one more thing before we, like I said, I just wanted to address this really quick. But um, the the last loading screen that really makes me mad is okay. First of all, for those of you out there who don't aren't familiar with the game too much, like you get five lives. Um, I think it's like four lives, and you get a zeroth life. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So you get five lives, and after that, you get a game over screen that's about 20 seconds, and it's like the mask saying game over, and then you have to select, do you want to retry or not, and then it loads again, and then it loads again, and then you can play again. So sometimes I'll be so, sometimes when you're so frustrated, you have like that adrenaline, and you want to just keep trying, you know what I mean? But it yeah. like forces you to like sit there and just be pissed off at the game for like, like, the, the mask, after it says it, it, like, smirks at you, like, in a, you know, crude little, cheeky little way. And it just, it makes me so mad. I've turned off the game so many times just because of that screen and how long it takes. Yeah, I could see issues with that. I feel like we might need to um, describe the game. Do we need to describe the game? I feel like, okay. Do people... You do it, Will yeah. people know... It's a, a 3D platformer, but not in the way, um, not like Super Mario or, or Super Mario 64, excuse me. 
you're on a, a linear path that only only branches out a few times for bonus levels. Um, and it's essentially a 2D platformer in the third dimension in the sense that you're you're moving straight through the level, jumping over pits, jumping over enemies, you have a few attacks. Um, but you're on this this linear path. And I think it's it's different than... I, I keep coming back and just um, comparing it to Spyro, but I think it is very cool. I don't like it as much as Spyro, but it's it does what it does very well. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for essentially being, you know, one of the primary, like, first platformers, like, I mean, when they went to the... I'm not saying it's the very first 3D platformer, but it's one of the first on the PS1, at least the original Crash, and they kind of pioneered their own style just as Super Mario 64 did. You know what I mean? And um, nothing's really kind of followed suit in that same way. No, yeah, there's not I much think it like is, it. I think it is unique. You I, would, the, the, the closest thing I could think of would be something like a Klonoa where it's a, a 3D art style, but it's still 2D. And even then, it, it's it's straight up 2D. Right. It's left to right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's... And then Crash 2, I mean, we'll get to talking about all each individual game, but Crash 2 introduces, like, the slide move and a couple extra little things, and then 3 has a lot more varied levels. Um, but the first And one, a lot more moves. Yes. There's unlocks after each boss. Yeah, like the gun and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, so let's... Do you want to start talking I feel, about... I feel like <laughs> it's a... It's a Crash Bandicoot bazooka. I feel like if you straight up say gun, people are going to think this is like a Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> Just like completely jump the shark, pull out guns, dark, broody storylines. Right, and um, yeah, and there's you can kill the aliens or the humans or nobody. Um, and then, oh, yeah, and he and Crash says bitch once. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and that's tea. how you know it's Edge. It's so hardcore. It's like, uh, <laughs> teachers aren't going to like this one. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I like my fidget spinner. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's let's talk about the first one. So when you started playing it, what were your initial thoughts playing the first level? I think... I I knew it hadn't aged well, and but I w- I was amazed at how how good it still feels early on, but then once you start getting into the later levels, I think it gets a little bit too punishing. It definitely shows its um it shows its roughness once you get to levels like the um. Is it like Native Wall? I can't remember what it's called, honestly. I should have looked it up. But the Native Fortress and um, the Road to Nowhere, those are the two levels that are just so unforgiving. Absolutely unforgiving. But I will say that when I first popped the game in and played it, I was very much blown away by everything. The audio, the gameplay, it all feels really good in the first couple levels. Um, And it feels familiar to me, even though I didn't have a lot of time as a kid with these games yeah because we do need to preface this you are a baby you are three years old um so you're mainly on this podcast you're going to be reviewing the e for everyone's uh yeah and uh mom might let me do the uh, e10s next year uh um, if, I, if I get building things. building on that i think that 
the art style and the graphics are very good. I was afraid initially I was worried because the angular polygonal look of the originals I feel like is a very core part of the experience. It's iconic in a way, you know. Crash. Even though it, it's clearly not detailed or anything. It I just loved that it's just a product of its time. Um uh, but I still feel like I I do enjoy the new art style and and the way that they've improved on, you know, made it a PlayStation 4 era Crash Bandicoot model. Yes, and it really is kind of worthy of the title of like remake you know because it really feels like a new experience even though it's like it doesn't just feel like a fresh coat of paint on the same old thing you know what i mean like exactly the controls are updated to fit an analog stick better whereas the first game was really a d-pad only game you know yes because the dual shocks weren't out yet um at the time of that release so um i want to say that the second one was d-pad only as well yes or there were there were future releases um, like the the game of the year greatest hits, I think is what PlayStation called them. Yeah, added that in, but older versions and the PlayStation Three um, PSN download only has analog control or D pad control. D pad, yeah, I knew what you meant. Um, but yeah, so the controls work better. But one nice feature they did add in is if you want to use the D pad, it controls just like the old games. So yes. that's a really nice feature, and I actually found myself using that on the um, the levels where a boulder is chasing you, like where you're running from a boulder, because it's hard to hold back the PS4 stick. Like you have to keep readjusting your finger because it's like so smooth. Yes. Um, yeah. So I've I had, found myself, I had that problem as well. Yeah, and I, I had that a lot with um, when I played. Uh, what was it? Dying light where you have to run forward the whole time. Like I would have to keep readjusting it over and over and over again. Um, with the thumbstick, but anyways, yeah. So, um, I used that a bit. So, um, I think everything up to the first boss is probably the best part of the game. In my opinion, at least the part that people are going to like the most. Um, Unless I, I feel like the game is difficult. Yes. It's not. No. Spoiler yeah. alert! It's not the Dark Souls. <laughs> let's let's get out of this bit. Um, it's difficult, and the the game series always was difficult. But the first one, I feel like, was a little bit more unfair. The later two would improve on this. Right, and if if you die and you know it's your fault because it's the platforming like you weren't doing a good job, that's one thing. And it's a different type of frustrating than when you die because of like something technical. And so what we're specifically referring to for those who haven't played it, um, they changed the physics around. There's a whole new physics engine for the first game. Um, and they essentially um, made it so, and not maybe not intentionally, but like Crash, when his like shadow, if like just a little bit of the corner touched it, you would still land on the platform and just be hanging off it. But in the new ones, you tend to slide off of things. So jumps are far harder to make. You have to time them perfectly. Like, I'm not exaggerating. You know, Devin can tell you, like, a lot of the jumps require extremely accurate timing and precision. And also, the hitboxes for enemies are a lot larger. 
Um, so that includes like getting hit by enemies quicker before it even looks like you touch them because you have a behind the shoulder perspective for a lot of levels. So it doesn't look like you're touching them, but you die. And also, um, there's fire poles that shoot up. And even though they only shoot up maybe like a couple feet off of it, if you're anywhere in the vertical angle to the top of the screen, you get hit. I don't know if that's a glitch or if that's on purpose, but it makes that one level, the native fortress, almost impossible. Yeah, I there were a lot of instances that I I moved on to the first one. I I would have liked to finish the first one, done the second one, um, you know, done them all in a row. But I did I I did end up moving on to Crash Two. I still haven't returned to the first one. I have probably I've gotten further than you have on it. Um, and you've you've played a lot more of three than I have, so we can kind of you know balance each other out there. But in the first game, I just think up to the first boss is like the traditional crash stuff that you know and love. It's not too terribly difficult. It's fine. But after that, it just it becomes way too challenging, and like there are cheap deaths and. Another issue I have with it is the live system. I don't really understand why there's a need to have lives. Because you can try... It's not like an old-time like Mario 3-style game or Mario 1-style game where it's like, once you run out of lives and continues, you're done. You know? But, like, you can try a level as many times as possible. All it is is a formality of waiting for the load screen. I mean, yes, you lose your checkpoints once you lose all your lives, but, like... It should at least replenish them once you come out of a level and beat it. But what I found is you just have to go somewhere and farm for lives. Like you can hit these like honeybees and they'll give you a life each time. So you can get 99 lives out of it and then go into it. And you just have to farm for it and it's annoying. It shouldn't be a part of it in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's just a... Just from the, the time period it was made, lives were still fairly commonplace. And... The decision to keep using lives was probably because Wampa Fruit, which are one of the collectibles, the equivalent of coins in Mario, they would have less value if if they didn't give you something. Right, and I well, I would argue they already have a low amount of value because you, if you want to 100% the game, you could ideally do it without collecting much Wampa Fruit because you just have to break all the boxes in a level. So um, I think that that's really, you're right, that is the only element of value they give because you really don't have to collect them. Um, so I, I see your point, but I think giving the player more lives to start or replenishing them would be a good way around that because I'll beat a hard level, go into the next level and have one life. I'll just kill myself immediately so I can get a fresh batch of lives. You know, that's not, and it just wastes time. Like that's all it does. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one more point in the first game that I want to talk about before we move on to the yeah. second game, um, but I call them mini games. But the non crash platforming levels, there are a few levels where you're riding on a bore, just it automatically moves forward for you. You're dodging left and right and jumping. Um, that's another big part of the game which I <laughs> I don't like. No, yeah. Uh, I... What do you What do you think about? those levels we'll talk about it more in the the next couple games but there was a specific level near the beginning that at the end of the boar level there was this really impossible jump and no matter how many times i tried it i could not make this jump and then i finally got it like by luck but like they 
the boar or whatever is it a boar is that what yes it, it moves so quickly that you literally have to you have to memorize the level you can't just play it and beat it you literally have to memorize every inch of the level because right after you make a turn you have to already be preparing for the next turn because it moves so slow it's just like uh, yeah i think you you mentioned before it moved fast i think you were mistaken I mean sorry to say it was moved slow it moves fast forward but slow left to right is what i mean by yeah that. Um, yeah you really have to plan ahead and i wish that's i understand some of the challenge comes in keeping that mechanic oh, but no i feel like it could have been tuned up it still feels very clunky yeah um, i just and they did they didn't fix it there's there's definitely a right way to do those levels where you can't stop um, and I think Crash 2 does a better job of them. I'm still not a huge fan, but Crash 2 on the Polar Bear, um, I like those better, and I can tolerate them more, but they're still not my favorite. Yeah, I agree 100%. And let's use it to kind of segue into Crash 2. Right. So speaking of segue, I'm going to segue one more time. Um, it's just one extra thought I had written down about the menus. So going from Crash 1 to Crash 2, you have to load out, exit the game, and go back in. And whenever you click on a game, it says like, it's like in the voice. Like I think it's it's, it's the Cortex voice actor. He's like, it's Crash Bandicoot. It's Crash Two, Wrath of whatever. You know, and I'm just like, does this need to be said? Like, yes, I know it's Crash Bandicoot. Like it says right there. I wish there. I don't know why that's such a minute detail, but it's so irritating. They were really me. trying to play on the um, the whole Mario craze. Like, it's a me, Mario. It's a me, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And Nintendo is working on a copyright lawsuit right now uh, on them. But no, seriously, I mean, did you notice that too? And you're like, why is this necessary? Yeah. It's just I mean, weird choice. It, it didn't bug me that much. Well, it's kind of like, I talked to Devin about this before, but it's like when people introduce themselves, hey, it's me, Micah, like, we know it's you. We know it's Crash Bandicoot. It just doesn't need to be said. Like, it's just unnecessary. But, I don't know. Those are minute details. So, going to two. So, what were your initial thoughts on this game? I think I'm still um, trying to decide, but I think that it's the best Crash game. I would agree. I think the, the platforming is tighter. There, It's more diverse levels. Um, I think the levels... Speaking of levels, the levels are set up in such a way that you don't have to make those extremely, extremely precise jumps because they're very hard to do in a 3D space. Um, Donkey talked about this in his newest video, um, Video Game Donkey, for those who don't know. But like they were talking about how Mario, Super Mario 64 doesn't really use precise jumps because they're so hard to pull off. But Crash kind of did the opposite. They use very precise jumps. But I think 2 toned it down a bit, and now your jumps don't have to be absolutely pixel perfect like... Um, or at least, I think the thing that I noticed is those dif very difficult jumps are for secret e secret exits and getting secret gems. Yep, definitely. And there seems so the like challenge is still there, but it's not necessary to to beat the game in terms of going through the levels and beating the end boss. Right, and I like that option because it gives you extra challenge if you want it, but you don't have to. Like, if if the first game were like that, I would just run through it. Like, I'm not worried about collecting all the crates in the first game. I'm just trying to beat the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I wish that there was an easier option for the first one so I could actually experience the whole thing. Um, 
but it's so frustrating in many ways. But anyway, so yeah, two. So a couple different things. The level select screens are now like rooms. And like a hub type. Right. And it's not as big and sprawling as three. But it's... I mean, three isn't huge, but it's like at least got some like decor and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's it's just a a room to wander around in, save your progress between levels, um, view what crystals or bonuses you've gotten. It's not, it's not a whole lot. No, it's, it's nothing like the castle in Mario 64 or anything like that, you know, but, uh, that's different. And then I noticed at least towards the beginning of the game, there's a lot of ice levels, like a lot. Yeah. I think that was, I don't think, well, I think all three games had a diverse set of levels between them, but for each each game, there were certain locations that they kept coming back to. Right. Like, um, the first game has a very islandy theme to it, because it takes place on an island. Yeah. And then, two, I mean, you can kind of tell by the, the title screen for each game, you can see, like, the vibe of each game, but two has more icy, like, there's some, like, sewer levels and, like, industry stuff and then 3 I think has a very industrial vibe to it. Well, 3 has the most varied because yes. it's kind of time travel based. Um so you do get some really cool medieval and um middle eastern type levels. Yeah, definitely. Oh, one more thing we should add is uh each game has the option to play as Coco, Crash's sister. Yeah, which the social justice warriors have really like taken over. It's it's nuts. Hide your traditional family values. Yeah, exactly. Coming for us, the SJWs took a a gun to Activision's head and just made them do this. Um, we're pretty mad about it, uh, as you can tell. We're a little bit peeved, but um, if you can get past the uh, the of course you know social justice uh, faux pas this. Everybody gets a participation trophy society. Uh, it is cool that they added another playing character. Yeah. I don't... I think it was it was great. You could play as her in the third one in certain levels, which we'll get to. Um, but I think it doesn't add a whole lot. She has the same moveset, but it's cool. It's yeah. great. Yep. So I think... I don't know if you've gotten to this point in the second one, um, but the, the mini-games... As I had said before, there's uh, polar bear riding, which replaces the the boar. But yes. then the last set of levels has this janky ass jetpack, and it's so GD bad. I've heard that it's really bad, but I have not actually. Uh, I've not gotten to those levels yet. The final boss actually spoilers. Um, it's a jetpack type level, but at least. It's fairly easy, and you only have to do it once. Right. That's. It's just sometimes it's too much, you know. Like variance in games, I think is good because it breaks up the monotony, but not if it's not fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So talk a little bit more about two about the things that you like, didn't like. What do you um, think makes it better than the previous games besides what we've already said? I don't, I think it's a lot of what I said before. I think the game is a lot of the same, but they've made they had made some important changes for 
the difficulty curve and the and gameplay wise, and so it's a just a much better game over. It's a, it's a great sequel. It's a great game and it's a great sequel. Yeah. Um, I think it really, there's not too many things. I don't think there's really anything it does worse than the original. Like, I yeah. think it essentially appro- improves upon the concept in almost every single way. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question or an interesting statement. I don't think it does anything worse, but then again, nothing's jumped out at me. I'm sure if I, if you gave me like an hour to think about it, I could find something but for the most part it's good right yeah i mean you also the audience has to understand we're not looking through at these necessarily through a critical lens per se we're just kind of talking about our thoughts on it so i'm sure there are issues you know that are present that just really don't bother us but one thing i just wanted to say real quick about this game before we finish talking about it is when i played one it's you know how when you first get a game, there's kind of a, especially a remaster, there's kind of a nostalgic factor to it. Um, you know, yeah. you're kind of wrapped up by like the beauty of the game. And then you get more jaded and get into more of like the mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Well, the nostalgia had kind of worn off by this point. So even though I think it's a better game, I didn't enjoy my first 15 minutes with it as much as I did like my first 15 minutes with the first game. I could see that. I could see that. And I think with three, even less so, because it's like, it feels... See, this is my issue with remaster packs, um, like where they have multiple games in one, you know? They're fantastic, and they're usually a good deal. Um, But my biggest issue is, when you were a kid playing these Crash games, you played one, that was all you had, you didn't have the other two available... You couldn't jump to two if you got frustrated with one. And then you had to wait like a year or two for the next game to come out and you would get excited about it. Whereas like with the remaster packs, like it's easy to be like, ah, now I'm like sick of this. So I'm just going to play the next one. And then, oh, I'm sick of this. I just want to play the next one. And you just like, it's too much exposure on a short amount of time. Like you don't have to wait. You don't have to get excited. You can just, they're at your fingertips, which is great, but it doesn't, produced the same amount like it doesn't feel as fresh by the third game yeah i did jump to the third game uh a couple levels in the third game before i finished the second one i was very close to the end but it's nice to have that freedom but at the same time you you could jump from crash to crash whether that's a good thing or a bad thing right i mean that's just that's not necessarily a critique on this game but just in general you know that's yeah yeah, no, I, I feel you. Because I remember, like, when I got the Bioshock uh, Ultimate whatever edition, because that's, like, you know, those are my, like, favorite games. I had to get that, you know. Um, I got frustrated with a part in, like, Infinite or whatever um, while I was playing that. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to play Bioshock 2 right now. Like, and I, you know yeah. what I mean? And the beginning of a game is always easier. So when you're playing something hard and then you go to the beginning of another game, it's like, oh, this is great. And then you never finish any of them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, a minor thing. But, um, one what thing... What about the third one? Oh, I... I Did you have more? Okay. yeah. I think the animations of Cortex and the other guy, I can't remember what his name is, the other scientist. Um, Engine? Yeah, Engine. They're, like, not good looking. Like, the holograms. Like, especially when there's, like, static and disconnections. Like, 
they really do not look good. They spent almost zero time on that, it seems, because they really they don't look good at all compared to the rest of the game that looks quite nice. I I never really paid attention to that, um, so I can't really say much. But That's just my two cents on it. I think the rest of the animations are great. Another thing we haven't talked about is the death animations, but they added in, like, isn't it like over 100 death animations? Honestly, people like freak out about that. I don't. I, yeah. There's a lot of them. I'd never felt like I was uh, blessed to be dead no. by seeing these beautiful animations. It makes they're, me more frustrated right. at times because I have to yeah, sit there and yeah. watch some stupid garbage. And even though they say like, "Oh, there's over a hundred death animations," I see the same two all the time where you fall down and your shoes come flying up, or you turn into an angel. As soon oh, as you touch so something. reverent. Right, like Jeez, he's wearing Converse. He's wearing Converse All Star, forty dollars <laughs> at uh, friggin' Journeys. Yeah, and there is an ad every time you die too that says that exact thing. Um, which honestly, I'm I'm okay with ads in Madden and Tony Hawk, but this is where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah. There's big, there's big um, signs in each game, like as you're running along the forest that say like Monster Energy Drink. Crash drink some. You should too. Right. And and he is like, you can buy like DLC packs of like, you know how Crash is like famous. Oh, he wear pants but not a shirt, you know. Well, you can buy like a tap out t-shirt for him. um, Like a little tap out t-shirt or hoodie with like, it's DLC. um, And it's like pretty reasonable, honestly. It's only like 10 bucks per shirt. But um, it is a nice touch that they added in some, some DLC to appease us fans, you know. He is known for his pants. He very much is known for the pants. Um, I I can't tell if that's a bit or not, but I feel like it's kind of like I feel like it's kind of iconic that he wears <laughs> pants and shoes, but nothing on the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you've ever played this game, you'll know that he like by the end of it, you'll know that he wears pants. And you're also gonna know that he does not wear a shirt. He makes that very clear in the game. Yeah. He um, Cortex says put on a shirt. He's performing operations on him the main villain cortex he's performing operations on him and he says put on a shirt and crash says no i'm gonna wear my converses and i wear my pants and that really just oh it gets cortex so freaking po'd yeah and he's so mad he's like i'm gonna blow up the island whatever i'm gonna steal your freaking girlfriend whatever so yeah yeah yeah, it is good though that they you know they give us some options, um, and the horse armor DLC as well is really nice touch. Yeah. So on to three then. Um, I have the lead. I've played like two levels of this. I have not played a lot of it. So. And I think there's not a whole lot to say about the third one that isn't retreading on what we talked about the first two because there is so much similar between them. But I think the third one really went ham with the with the mini game type. You know, you've got now instead of the polar bear, you've got Coco riding on a on a baby tiger. You've got jet ski levels. You've got motorcycle um, motor. God, Sorry. motorcycle. God, the motorcycle levels. Jeez, ow. Oh. Not a fan. Oh my god. Speak on that. They're so bad. They're so bad, dude. So what? I I I don't even know if I've made it to one of these honestly. I played like, it when I was a kid because my friend had like this the, specific game, but 
the bore levels in the first one, the controls are very, very tight. Not tight as in good, but like, God, you got to be going like two miles an hour to turn. So and they're, they're you've like got to win the of. race. Yeah, stiff. Yeah, that's a better term. Stiff, and you got to win the race against these other jackasses. And ugh, it's just not fun. It's, it's funny because that spawned, you know, crash team racing. Yeah, I was talking with a friend. They are Naughty Dog is not good at racing mini games, but they're very good at <laughs> racing full games. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the the driving in Uncharted was decent, um, but you're not. You're talking about Uncharted kart racing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shrek kart featuring Nathan Drake. Yeah, yeah. Published by Naughty Dog. No, but I mean, a spike those, lead joint. Yeah, it is a spike lead joint. Yeah, I do appreciate you saying that because credit where credits due. You know, uh, freak freak vibrations needed to be in the game as DLC as well. Um, but yeah, so those things are changed, but it's really similar gameplay. The levels that are the traditional crash levels are um, about you know about the same. Yeah, very good. Um, one thing I do have to say is, and I, I, this is a thought I had as a kid, cause my, this is one of the few of the games that I played as a kid and my buddy had it. Um, and can I went, you, um, drop a name for your buddy? Yeah. My friend Matt had this and he had it for the Xbox. Um, and so I went over to his house one day and he was playing it when I got there and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I've seen people play crash before. I think I'd seen it probably at your house when I was a kid or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, can we play a level? And then he gave me a level and it was like one of the tiger ones or whatever. I was like, Oh, okay, this is cool. And then like, he let me play another one and it was like something else. I was like, okay, but like, where are the real levels? Like where are the levels where you play as crash? And I know it was like coincidental that it was two that he let me play that weren't, but that's really kind of the embodiment of this game. You don't play as much as traditional crash as the previous ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember thinking the same thing about Sly 3. I was like, in Sly 3, I think the Sly levels are fantastic, but there's so few of them. It's almost like Sonic Adventure 2, where like it's unanimously agreed on in Sonic Adventure 2, for the most part, that the Sonic levels are pretty dang good, but no one likes all the other fluff. You know what I mean? But like the Sonic levels are pretty tight. Um, and it's like, when do I get to play those fun levels? Why do I have to play all this other garbage? Yeah, when are we going to get to the big, the cat levels? When are we going to get to the fishing minigame? Right, exactly. Well, that's my thought with this. I'm really disappointed that Big the Cat didn't make an appearance. I just feel like he was such an integral part of the series that he needed to have something. Yeah. I think we want to wrap up yeah. the Crash Talk. If you had to give it a score on 11, give it to me. Uh... I'm going to give this a solid six. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. So there's the verdict, guys. That's how it is. Um, obviously, those are pretty objective scores. You can't really argue with them. Um, but yeah. honestly, do you think this is a good deal for your money? Oh, yeah. For 40 bucks. I say, I say get it. I get think... it. I'm not going to give it a number. Get it. Yeah, we're joking about the numbers. But I do it's think fun. that I would probably wait for a $30 it's price fun. point on it. $10 a game seems like a fair price for me. It's just plain fun. It's 
aggravating at times. I think that you need to go into it not expecting Family to crash one if you're really uh if you're really serious about it, you know, just maybe plain you fun. It's just plain fun, honestly. That's really if I have to give it a one word review, what would it be for you? Crash. I'm going to say fun cuz it's it's just plain fun. All right. All right. Um we've got to do some advertisements, guys. Um, when you're walking to school, don't forget those Converse shoes, $40, seen in Crash Bandicoot 3. Yep. And, and don't forget the pants. And don't forget those pants and the Monster Energy and the, um, and the Tap Out t-shirt. Tap Out t-shirt brought to you by Tap Out t-shirt. Um, you can buy them in a two-for-one package at Payless Shoe Source with the Converse. slash Crash Deal. We're going to create t-shirts for the the yeti boxing podcast that say um i played crash 3 and all i got was a stupid tap out t-shirt i went to tap out fest and all i got to do was play the crash demo i went to tap out fest and all i got to do was play the non-crash levels of crash 3 <laughs> yeah dude come on matt seriously just matt, like let him play a real level i'm sorry but you screwed me on this one man and oh, it's an was it matt g was it matt g it was uh it might have been maddie g from odd future uh, or is that mike g i have no idea i don't know i it's been a very long time since i listened to odd future i have a segment that i want to do please what you playing okay and i actually had a few games that i wanted to that aren't like big major games and that are a little old at this point. Uh, I don't know how much more time we we've been going for like forty five minutes. I don't know. I how say much if we cap it at an hour tops, that's probably fine. Okay. Do you have any games that you you like little games that you want to just say like, oh, it's cool, it's cool, dude. What I've been playing recently. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been a fun playing. Game. Um. Well, Crash, obviously. Um. Pokemon Heart Gold, I picked back up. Oh yeah, okay. We're gonna skip this segment. Oh, okay. I don't. No, go go for it. Go um, for and it. I tell also, me a little bit. Well, I just think Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver are probably the two best Pokemon games, in my opinion. Um, they're just really great games overall. I love that generation, so I've really been enjoying my time with that. Um, and then I also have been playing Pokemon Go a lot. Um, it's been really nice outside, and I've kind of wanted to be outside, so. Um, I've just been doing that while I've been outside, and I've been surprisingly having fun with that. They added a lot of stuff to make it way more user-friendly, and it's really, it's not perfect by any means, but it's a lot better than it was last summer. What about you? Yeah, I I had heard that they added some stuff. I'm still not a big enough fan of iOS gaming to replay it, but... Yeah, no, I mean, it's best with friends, in my opinion. Like, my, I was visiting a buddy, and... um. And he was, like, playing it. So I was like, oh, I'll download it, too. And it's more fun when you're just walking around chatting, you know. Like, it's just a fun social game, I think. Yeah. So what about you? What have you been playing? Can you say it in the voice? Oh, wait, what was the voice? What you playing? What you playing? Yeah, um, I actually have been playing this game called Titan Souls. And it was an old PlayStation Plus game that I just picked up. I'd watched a video of it. And it's very cool. It's kind of like Shadow of the Colossus. It's a a 2D sprite-based game. Not 
2D as in left to right, but it's an overhead view. Um, Similar to Zelda. Yes, yes. But you're fighting, you're mainly fighting bosses in the game. I think that's it. You go from room to room fighting bosses. And you take one hit to get killed. Bosses take one hit to be killed. So it really boils. And the game is difficult. The, The bosses are all very tough. You'll get killed a bunch of times. But it really boils down like the boss fight to like one hit, which is like super satisfying because you could just keep playing and keep keep trying to get that one hit. You don't. It's not like sometimes when I'm playing Dark Souls and you get a boss down to a sliver of health and then you get killed. I don't. I don't feel like I want to replay it at that time. But this one, you, you, any chance is a chance to to beat the boss. And Which is, is it fun. a roguelike? No. Okay. No, not at all. It's there's all the bosses have their own move set and quirks and arenas. So what's the end game? How do you beat it then? You kill every boss? Yes. Okay. So you, there's kind of an overworld after you get past the tutorial, there's like an overworld where you're walking around and finding doing light puzzles. Okay. Which is is fun. It it breaks up the the rest of the game, but yeah, it's a very fun game. If you've got it, that back up, you might have it on have it. PlayStation Plus. Um, I think it's like fifteen bucks. It's on Steam. It's on PS4. Probably on Xbox One. What else have you been playing? I so initially when I was thinking of this this segment, I had picked up another game recently, a ten dollar game on 3DS. It's called Park. God, God damn it! It's called Pocket Card Jockey, and so it's a horse racing game. But instead of actually like racing horses, you're playing solitaire. Interesting. So how does the dynamic of that translate to horse racing? So you're like, you're the the story is actually really cool because you try to to become a jockey. And you get kicked off your horse and injured. And in it, this angel character comes down and it's like, you will be able to race by playing solitaire now. So you watch the top screen plays out. I believe it's the top screen plays out with the horse racing. But you gain energy and speed by trying to clear a solitaire board. Okay, that's cool. And it's very cool. I found out about it on listening to the Polygon podcast. Um, they were talking about it a bit, but it's really fun. And it's good for short, bite-sized chunks of of gaming, but you get addicted to it because you can keep um, playing through as different horses and then breeding your horses, trying to get a better horse to to get through the the season you've got like two two seasons in the game to to rack up trophies and upgrade your horse Mm -hmm. that's cool you know what that it it, not exactly but it kind of reminds me of have you ever heard of the game uh you must build a boat i i have but i never got a chance to play it it's similar in the regard that there's something happening up top and you're playing like a bejeweled style matching game to make things happen on the top. That's just kind of what it reminded me of. But I might have to check that out. That sounds really interesting. I It's a really cool concept. And I haven't played too many games like that, but I think that is a, a very cool concept because 
I am not all that into horse race. I <laughs> I'm not into horse racing at all. But I really love Solitaire. Yeah. And Solitaire is a real gamer's game. It is, yeah. It's almost like the Dark Souls of card games in a lot of ways. At I think that was a miss. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap uh, this up? No, did you have another game or do you have another segment? Do we have any uh, fan mail? Uh, we do not have any fan mail yet. Um, did you check the, the Gmail account? I did check the Gmail account. Did you know we have a Gmail account? <laughs> Wait, do we actually? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, because I, I to, sign up, to sign up for SoundCloud. Okay, yeah. so... So I think it's uh, Yeti, yetiboxing at gmail.com. Um, next episode, I'll get you for sure. Well, I can always address Because it might be Yeti, Yeti-boxing or hyphen, whichever one that is. I don't think um, those matter, actually. Like, I think the dashes and periods, like, even if you send it without any dashes or periods, it still sends to the same address. Oh, so send us send us your questions. Send us your um, fan art. Or requests of, for of a us. game to talk about in the future as well. Uh, as well as Steam keys for the game. <laughs> send us your CSGO lottery keys. <laughs> um, or uh, I would really like to get a message from Matt. In the inbox, I would uh, actually love to see that as well. He's, I don't think you've you've heard from him in a while. He's going to send me a cease and desist uh, for using his likeness in this <laughs> podcast. So maybe we'll have him as a guest. That would actually be really cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, please send us those things at yetiboxing at gmail dot com. Um, be sure to subscribe to our SoundCloud, and if we get the same SoundCloud dot com slash yetiboxing, um, it'll be on iTunes. Oh no, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're gonna get a Patreon set up, so you can send us cash. Uh, we're gonna get some some real advertisements in here. We are looking to make this into a, a brand. Right. And so, I know it's still rough around the edges, but please stick with us and uh, we hope to see yeah, you next episode. <laughs> the more money you donate, uh, the quicker we can afford a, a microphone, a real microphone. Yes, that would be ideal. So and, is, this, is this the end? Or? Yep. Until next time, guys, this has been Yeti Boxing. Uh, this has been Yeti podcast. Boxing, a gaming podcast with your friend, Devin. I'm Micah. See ya. See you guys.